Welcome to Tales from the Office. My name is Jeff Brandler. For new listeners everywhere, allow me to introduce myself. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified addiction specialist, and substance abuse professional with 27 years of clinical experience. Tales from the Office is a show about my observations of people, topics, and issues that occur in the office. I get to use creativity, humor, and music to explain these observations. Today on the show, we have two interesting stories. The first, the turkey club, may get you hungry as we describe how to make a sandwich. But this isn't just any old sandwich, it's a club sandwich. The second tale, entitled The Two Questions, only asks two questions, but they sure are good ones. So on to the show for today, we'll be eating and asking. Thanks for tuning in. Our first tale starts now. When I was in graduate school, I worked at Friendly's Restaurant as a grill person. I was in charge of making sandwiches. The Friendly's menu has many items. Hamburgers, deli sandwiches, grilled cheese, and their special fish a jig The sandwich I remember making the most was the turkey club. For those who don't know, a turkey club is a triple-decker sandwich with turkey, bacon, lettuce, and tomato. It was cut in fourths and held together with toothpicks. You would be amazed how quickly and accurately you can build a turkey club during lunch rush. Now, you may be asking yourself, what does a turkey club sandwich have to do with therapy? Well, actually nothing, but it's a great metaphor for describing the pieces of therapy. If you were to ask me what are the ingredients in making a good therapy sandwich, I would start with listening skills. This would include both verbal and nonverbal skills. This would be my bread. I would then add empathy, which is the ability to understand the person. We would call this the lettuce and tomatoes. I would then add in the main event, trust. Trust is not an event. It's a gradual process that takes many years to build. Clients don't tell you all of their problems at once. They tell you things a little at a time. They will only tell you things once they feel trusted and safe. You cannot develop trust without using listening skills or empathy, so our therapeutic sandwich is built solidly. It will not fall apart with these ingredients in it. For all therapists, trust is the most important aspect of therapy. This trust is built up through conversation in the therapy office. One model of therapy is non-directive. The therapist assumes the client will develop insight that will lead to change. For me... What you get by doing that is eating a turkey sandwich. It's good and tasty, but not good enough. I want the club part. I want to add in the well-done bacon to the mix. I want to ask the probing questions that look for insights, for patterns, and data to help me better understand the person and look for ways that they can change. I want them to not only know themselves, but feel that they can crunch themselves to a more permanent change. In the turkey club model, therapy is not just a conversation. It's a directive and focused conversation about how they can change. You need all of the ingredients of the turkey club to make change happen. It's been over 30 years since I was the grill person at Friendly's. My boss would be happy to know that his teaching of sandwich preparation has not been forgotten. I've been making turkey clubs for many years. 
and lots of people have thanked me for the tastiness of their sandwiches. It's great to have satisfied customers, but much better to have healthier ones. All that sandwich talk has made me thirsty. I need a song about water. Tales from the office. I'm sure your thirst has been quenched by the water song by Hot Tuna. Now we move on to something I'm good at, asking questions. A question is a phrase designed to obtain information. We are always looking for information. Our society is filled with wanting all the dirt, and we enjoy those people who ask the hard questions. New shows like 60 Minutes or 2020 corner the bad guys with hard and pointed questions. Other times, confusing things happen that we try to make sense of. Why did he do that? What was his motive for the motive? In my office, people are always examining something. They want to explore how are they feeling, what led them to react the way they did, what's going on. In fact, most of my sessions start with a question. How have things been since the last time you were here? For me to title this, The Two Questions, really makes a statement. I mean, what two questions would be so noteworthy? The music field is filled with songs about questions. Questions 67 and 68 are, in fact, two questions, but not the ones we're looking for. To tell a story, you would ask who, what, where, and how. Again, great questions, but not ours. In the game show Jeopardy, they give you the answers. You need to ask the questions. But this is not a Jeopardy category. Our two questions are much more significant. They are our guides to internal decision-making and increasing our own self-worth. They give us a blueprint for self-care and self-improvement. Our two questions are, is this good for me? Is this the right thing? Now having heard them, you may be kind of surprised, alarmed, or maybe even disappointed. But these are monumental in their use. Let me explain further. 
Many people that I see are great at taking care of others. If a person asked a favor, whether reasonable or not, they'd fulfill it. Need them to drive 300 miles to pick up someone? No problem. Bake a cake for tomorrow morning? You got it. Take care of a sick friend, despite that they may be sick themselves? It's in the bag. They will never push back. They will never challenge the request. Or they'll even question, not even question, the validity of the favor. However, after years and years and years and years of doing this, a person might get a little, okay, they're going to get a lot angry and feel like doormat USA. Our two questions provide an empowering change. These two questions are also good for the self-centered. The question, is this the right thing, is a subjective moral compass. It guides and prevents the self-will run riot, as the AA people describe it. It's a check and balance for doing whatever I want to do, because after all, it's good for me. When people are so self-focused, they can't see how this behavior can and will affect others. The is this the right thing gives them an opportunity to pause and consider if this action is indeed the right thing. So, how do I use these two questions? Do I use them all the time? Do I use them daily? Do I use them when I'm stumped? Yes to all of these. The hardest part of the two questions is remembering for the person to ask them. People are so programmed to be favor-doers and doormats that given the choice of the new behavior or the old one, you know they'll pick the old one. So let's give an example. You're invited to the annual party at your family friend's house. Each year you've gone and have been often sick afterwards. So let's say you decide to try out the new two questions. Question one, is it good for me? Every year I get sick afterwards, so is this good for me? Pretty obvious, a resounding no. So far, so good. Next question, is it the right thing? Some people would argue that family friends are like family and you have to go. I would argue it's not good for me. And the it's not good for me to go supersedes the right question question. The big question is, will family friends be offended? Well, probably not. Hurt maybe, offended, unlikely. The bigger question, can I deal with the family friend's reaction? That's the story for another edition of Tales from the Office. Let's try another one. You have an elderly relative who is in a nursing home, and you were describing and deciding whether to visit that person. Let's try this again. Question one, is this good for me? No, I hate nursing homes. I'd rather be court-ordered to watching bad television shows. So far, not going. Question two, is this the right thing? Mm, mm. Yes. Okay, I'm going. The self is very fragile, and for most people I see, a slowly developing entity. The words self-esteem or self-concept are descriptors of ourselves and how we feel about us. The two questions are designed to develop the self further by empowering us and paying attention to self and at the same time preventing self-absorption 
and self-centeredness. People get healthier as their selves grow and develop. It's somewhat ironic that my website has a title, which is called Change is Possible. But the reality here is change is simple. It starts with two questions. Today's show has been quite interesting. We've gotten a discourse on turkey club sandwiches and asking questions. Both of these topics focus on how we can be better. In my office, it's about how we construct sandwiches of change, and outside the office, how we can feel empowered and drink in the best of life. Change to me has always been about how to have the richest life possible, and ironically, it's the simplest things that provide us with the riches. If you have thoughts or comments about today's tales, feel free to contact me. There are several ways to do so. At my website, www.changeispossible.org, by email, jeffbrandler at gmail.com, Twitter, at jeffbrandler, or www.facebook.com slash changepossible, where you can become a fan. Hope you enjoyed today's Tales from the Office. I'll be back soon with more delicious and thought-provoking tales. For Tales from the Office... I'm Jeff Brandler.